Good morning. Glad you're here with us this morning. We're digging into a message series that we're calling Intersections. And what we're doing is we're looking at the right questions to ask when a decision sneaks up on you. I don't know if you've ever had a decision sneak up on you. I have. I've I felt attacked <laughs> from behind by a decision. Uh, maybe you didn't think you're going to have to make the decision right now or uh, you're enjoying the status quo and you just you just don't want any changes. You just like things stay the way they are in this series. That's what we're doing. We're looking at how to make decisions, particularly when they surprise you. And there, there are questions you can ask that really help you begin to work through the process of making a really solid decision before God. For example, these are the kind of things we're talking about. You're dating someone. You thought you had some time to decide whether or not it should go to the next level. And some things start happening and you realize, "Uh uh-oh, I've got to make a decision about how this is going to work out. Your parents aren't quite so sure about them, but you really like them. You, you really, so what do you do? How do you, how do you process that? How do you work through that? Maybe you're settled in a community. Your kids are happy. You're enjoying your job. And then out of nowhere, your dream opportunity arrives. And so you have to decide, what am I going to do about this dream opportunity? It's, it's not a great time for your family to move. It's not time to shift gears to go somewhere else. But you really want the promotion and the pay and the perks that go with the shift, the move. What, what do I do? You know, how, how am I going to make this decision? When are you going to have another opportunity like that? And boy, I really want this. These are the kind of things we're looking at. Finances are tight. And there's something you really need. It would make your life easier. You probably don't really have to have it, but there's a sale that comes up, a deal right now. It's like a one in a time, one in a lifetime's opportunity. And, you know, I probably don't have the money, but I really want that. It would make life easier. You know, how, how do I process that as my stomach gets in knots over it? Some decisions catch you off guard and they see your thoughts. And emotions into overdrive, sort of like uh, the ride here. I don't know if you've ever been on this carnival ride uh, in this video. Okay, okay, that that's enough. I can't take that. My my wife, when we were first dating, we went to a carnival and she kept trying to talk me into getting on that ride. I think it was that ride or something like it said, no, no, but you know, you really don't want me to go on that ride. And finally, you know, about the middle of our time at the carnival, I hopped on the ride with her. You know, I'm dating her. I just wanted her, her to be happy. And uh, that ruined the rest of the evening. She's never asked me. To go on one of those rides again. Never, ever. But decisions can do this to you. Because you, you're in a swirl of a decision that's spinning you around and around. And, and deep down, you know it's an important choice. And you've got to get it right. You, you've got to make the right choice. You really would like to make the right choice. And it's very difficult to detach from the decision and be objective because you're you're in you're in the zipper <laughs> you're in the you're in the ride you're on the ride and man it's 
we're dealing with things that are so close to our heart. Many times it's it's really hard to sort out. How do I focus on the right thing so that I can move forward in the right way with many decisions we face? Time is short. Information is limited and we can't know the future. So how how do we sort things out? How do we make a good decision before God? What what do we do with that? You know, in a in a very real way, our story, our life story is made up with a sequence of decisions and choices that we've made along the way. And all of us, I would imagine all of us have made decisions where we look back and we're wondering, "Hmm, I really would like to get that back. I regret that. What? Why did I do that? What was I thinking? If you've lived a while, you, you look back and you get a sense of how decisions are stacking up. And what they're doing is our decisions are either creating a house of cards, sort of like you know, something that can just be blown over in, in a moment, or we're building a house out of bricks, good, solid decisions that are stacking up to give us a life of solidity, the one that God wants to have. That's the good news. God, God really wants to help us make solid decisions. He wants to help whatever, whatever's been going on in the past with, with your decisions. He wants you to begin right today from this day forward to stack up solid decisions that build a brick house that can withstand the storms, that can withstand the struggles. Now, I thought the most hair-raising days of parenting were from 1 to 18. When, when we had our kids, I thought, you know, if I can get them to 18, it's going to be a lot easier after that. And, and what happens at 18, though, they start making decisions that are impacting the rest of their lives. They go off to college. Many of you are in college. If you're in college, you're making decisions that are impacting your future in a, in a major way. How do I deal with decisions like that? How do I make good decisions under pressure? As I'm looking ahead at the future, as I've got knots in my stomach, how do I make choices that are going to impact my future? I know with my kids, they had a sense of the impact of those decisions, but probably not the big picture as a guy in his 40s would. So it's hair raising. It's something else. But I tell you, asking the right questions gives you a major head start on moving in the right direction and making a good, solid decision before God. Last week, we looked at question number one, which was, how does this fit with my purpose in living? How does this fit with my purpose? God's given us purpose. He gives purpose. And Jesus was our example is how. He faced that gut-wrenching decision before he went to the cross, and he decided to surrender himself to the will of God above his own, above doing what he wanted to do. That's the first question. How does this fit with my purpose in living? Question number two is this. Am I being completely honest with myself? That is a crucial question to ask as you're sorting through, as you're on the zipper (laughs) and you're sorting through 
what's going on in this moment? Am I being completely honest with myself? Seems like an easy question to ask. But when your heart is pulling hard in a certain direction and you really want something, but you know it's going to be an important decision, it's, it's something that's going to impact your future, that you're stacking up the choices that you make into some kind of building, either a house of cards or a brick house. What, what is, as, as you do that, it's, it's difficult to ask that question and honestly answer it. Am I being completely honest with myself? If we want it bad enough, it's difficult to face the facts, to deal with reality. But it's very important that you and I learn to get honest with ourselves, with the decisions that we're making. In the moment of decision, we need to be, a friend of mine used to say, blood-curdling honest with myself. We need, we need to face the facts. We need to make decisions that are going to help us build a life that brings God's blessing so that things don't collapse. Here's the problem. We talk ourselves into all kinds of things. We are experts at selling ourselves on what we want. That's what makes it so difficult. If my heart wants something... My brain always finds a reason to do it. And I'm very convincing. We, we tend to buy into our own made up reasons for doing whatever it is we want to do, no matter how flimsy the reasoning is. It's the way we are. The reason, one of the reasons is in our heart of hearts, we're on a happiness quest. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being God gave us life to enjoy. He, he wants us to enjoy life. But what we tend to do is we look at our options and we have one filter. What's going to make me the happiest right now out of all these options? By nature, we're not really as focused on doing the right thing as we are focused on what's going to make me happy right now. We aren't as concerned about finding the truth as we are about discovering happiness. And, and if happiness is the only filter that you're using for making the decisions that you're facing, here's the problem. What makes me happy today makes me unhappy tomorrow. Tends to be the way it works. For instance, people get married and divorced for the same reason. They want to be happy. What made them happy at one time makes them unhappy now. Because that's the filter that they're using to work through their decision-making process. This is why the question that we're focusing on today is so important for making good decisions. If you want to build a life that's as solid as a brick house, you have to be completely honest with yourself. You, you have to ask, why am I leaning in this direction? Really, why does my heart want this? Why is it? What's going on beneath the surface? Am I completely being honest with myself? There's a passage in the Bible that explains something about all of us. 
It points to a flaw that we all share. Everybody on the face of the earth. And it shows how we end up making bad decisions in the pursuit of happiness. It shows that a universal heart problem that we all have leads to poor decisions. It's in uh, Jeremiah 17. We're going to dig in in a moment. Jeremiah uh, was one of God's prophets to his people in the between the years 600 to 580 B.C., a while back. He was known as the weeping prophet. I can identify with Jeremiah. I'm kind of melancholy myself. If you pick one of the characters I can identify with in the Winnie the Pooh stories, probably Eeyore, you know. Everything's kind of gloomy. You know, I get that. Half, uh, half glass empty kind of guy. Jeremiah was the half glass empty kind of guy. God gave, gave the words to Jeremiah, uh, that we're gonna look at. And he spoke them in reference to some kings, uh, who were ruling the nation at the time, who kept making very foolish decisions. They kept making bad choices. They were starting to stack up. They were impacting the whole, whole nation. And this is what God said, Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? This passage is very clear and it tells us something about everyone in this room. Our hearts are deceitful. And this creates a problem when we're trying to make a good decision. Every one of us lives with this heart defect. And as long as we're on this earth, we must learn to compensate for it because it's beyond cure. Have you ever looked back at a purchase you made and thought, how could I be that gold? How could I have, why why did I pour my money into that? What was I thinking? Answer. Your heart talked you into it. Your heart's deceitful. I've been there. I bought a car one time as a new model from from uh, uh, another country, brought in, unproven, just new on the market. I was warned by a friend not to buy it, but it was like a couple thousand dollars cheaper than anything comparable. And I was going to be the first person. I was going to be the first brilliant person to figure out that these are the cars of the future. Okay, my friend's trying to warn me not to, to, to buy the thing. And uh, I bought it. And boy, did I buy it. I bought a lot of trouble when I made that decision. That's on my list of regrets when I look back. Things, decisions. I, have you ever been in a relationship? Or have you ever looked back at a relationship and thought, how could I have done that? The answer is, you, your heart is deceitful. Your heart is why you did that. Your heart deceived you into thinking what you did would be a good thing. When we want something really bad, we wrap our heart around it and we talk ourselves into it. This is why smart people do very foolish things. Their heart deceives them. This is a universal problem. It takes a little bit of truth, mixes it together with a whole lot of desire, and out comes a bad decision. That's what happens. A study of people who tested at the genius level was done over a long period of time. And what was found is that 
uh, they achieved the same level of success as everybody else. Exactly. Same level. Genius, intellect, isn't the key. Wisdom is the key. Learning to make good choices. Stacking up the right choices will add up to a life that honors God and brings His blessing into your life. It's not primarily about intelligence, but it's about wisdom. So, if we're going to make the best decisions, we need to be willing to face the brutal facts about whatever it is we're dealing with. We need to get in touch with the truth about ourselves, and we need to get in touch with the truth about the options that we're looking at related to the choice that we're trying to make, and we need to have a heart-to-heart with ourselves, a heart-to-heart talk where we ask, am I being completely honest with myself here? God wants to help us with this. This is the good news. God wants to help us. He wants to walk us through our decisions. We have to be willing, but He wants to help. He's watching. This is what God's doing. He's watching us handle the flow of life, and He wants to reward faith. He wants to reward those who will trust Him. One of the main reasons we get off track in our decisions is that we don't factor God into them. Look at verse 10. We just looked at Jeremiah 17, 9. This is 10. I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. This is a major principle. What we experience in life is based on the ways we choose, and God is making sure that we enjoy the fruit of good choices and suffer the consequences of bad choices. This is how he's training us. And what this means is God is the number one factor in your life and mine. Number one. We, we humans so often are only looking at the surface of things. But God's searching our hearts. He's looking past appearances. He's looking past our reasons for doing whatever it is we're thinking about doing. And He's searching our hearts. He's digging into our hearts. He is is looking in to see if we're going to do what we want or if we're going to do what's right before Him. And then He responds accordingly. Our, Our decisions are a test of faith. If we trust Him and live to please Him, He promises to make life good. To help us build a life with bricks instead of cards. Verse 10, look at, look at it again. It says, God tests our minds. Often our decisions are a test. God's testing us. He, he wants to know if we're going to put His values above our own. Above what we want. Above what makes sense to us. Gold is purified through the heat. And it's, it's in the heat of a decision that, that God uh, is able to discover how important He is to us. And so we have to keep... We say yes to God. If you've decided to follow Christ uh, as Lord, what you've done is you've said yes to God. One big yes. I'm turning around from going my own way, and I'm going to decide to go your way, Lord God. I'm, I'm, I'm walking with you. But we keep running into these intersections. We keep running up to intersections where we have to say yes again. 
okay, God, I'm going to go your way. God gives us the freedom to do that. And the life we experience with him is based on our willingness to respond in faith to the opportunities that God allows our way. This is what's going on. He's testing us, these these decisions. Sometimes we don't want to make them. We don't want to deal with it right now. We don't want to think about it. But God has given us an opportunity to be refined, to be purified by him. Another passage says that God desires truth in our inmost being. He wants us to be honest with ourselves. He, he, he wants to direct us to make good decisions that will honor him and bless those connected to us. Our part in that is to tell ourselves the truth and to keep our deceitful heart in check. To realize that's what's going on. That's what could happen. So we keep asking, am I being completely honest with myself? To get to this level of honesty where we can understand, uh, where we can begin to understand our motives or at least allow God to expose our motives, we need help from him. We need to get outside of ourselves. We need to be objective. Since, since our hearts can deceive us, we need God. We need him to factor in and to weigh in on the decision. He's given us some real help for how to deal with these things when we face the intersections in our life. God wants to help us get a clear picture of reality. And this is kind of a theme verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's a verse that we'll keep coming back to over the, the, the rest of this message series. Book of Proverbs gives some very helpful advice on all kinds of things, and especially in terms of decision-making. Uh, this is what Proverbs 3 says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your, your path straight. He will make straight your path. This verse is, is something we keep going back to because it shows us how to walk with God through a decision-making process. First of all, pray. Trust God with all your heart. Trust him with everything you got. This is crucial first step as we're making decisions. Prayer is a pure expression of faith. Praying is a way of connecting with God who, who knows us better than we know ourselves, who has a, a, a viewpoint, a vantage point, who can see the beginning from the end, he can see everything that's going on, who's standing there ready to bless as we choose to honor him. We connect with him and we allow him to be the number one factor. In the choice that we're making. When I pray in decision making, I'm reminded that God is in control. His ways bring the best outcomes. His, his ways bring the fruit that we can enjoy. Second step in getting a clear picture is to decide to do God's will before you know what it is. Do not lean on your own understanding. Decision making can, can feel like trying to climb a huge mountain sometimes it weighs on you it's before you you feel it's if if i were to climb mount everest i would need a guide i would need a sherpa <laughs> to guide me if i'm if i just you know go to the bottom of the mount everest and i got my i'm in my tent i'm packing up getting ready to go i just take off on my own i i don't know the best path i'm probably going to die on my way up the mountain. I need a guide. I need a Sherpa to guide me. That's how it is with our decisions. We have the advantage. If, if you don't know God yet, 
He wants to guide you. If you haven't decided to follow him, he wants you to follow him and he will guide you toward the best decisions. What Proverbs is saying here is that God wants to be your guide. Don't don't lean on your own understanding. Lean on your guide. God, put put my trust, put your trust in God as a guide, not myself, not my own heart, because it can fool you. Just, just like I don't have enough knowledge to, to make it up the mountain on my own, making decisions, I need a greater understanding than I can come up with when I'm in the zipper, when I'm in the midst of the, the turmoil of the decision. God leads as we decide to follow him, as we decide to do his will over our own. He, he can't guide us through decisions if we're not willing to follow him. And, and he won't. He allows us the freedom to choose our own way. It's vital in the midst of the, the decision to settle before God. I'm going to do it your way. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding, God. You set your heart and mind to do his will. You've got your gear on, your pack assembled, you're ready to go up the mountain, and you let him lead you as you go along. It's also very important to bring the facts into focus. It's crucial to have the facts when making decisions. Facts are more helpful than suspicions. We may suspect some things. We may hope some things. Hope is a really bad method, by the way. You know, I just, I hope this turns out good. This is what I'm going to do. Really bad method. Um, The facts are our friends. And so as we're making decisions, it's very important not to rush into it before knowing the facts. The, the factors, all of the factors, as many as you can get your hands around that are into play. It can lead to a lot of pain if you ignore the facts. Listen to Proverbs 18:13. Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Spouting off here means giving an answer or making a decision before you hear the news about what's going on or before you know what's really going on with, with the this, this circumstance. Being impulsive or getting in a hurry when making a decision. Sometimes uh, we want to just get it over with. This decision, uh, the turmoil, I just need to make a decision. We want to just be done with it. That's dangerous. We need to endure, push through, and try to face the facts. Be honest with ourselves. How do you get the facts? First of all, Write down the decision that you're facing in a sentence or two. It's very helpful. Write it out. This helps you see in black and white what you're really dealing with and allows for separation from feeling and emotion. It allows you to get it out there. You can see what's going on. Next, list your options. And try to come up with at least four options because what we normally do is it's either this or this. I'm going to do this or not. There, there are usually more options than that. So try to come up with at least four options. Then write out the cost for each option. The cost to your personal relationship with God. The cost in, to your family life. The cost in your ministry. The cost financially. Write out the cost. Listen, this is a lot of work. But it it saves you uh, and it helps you keep your heart in check if you get these things on paper. Then outline the pros and cons. 
Take a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle, pros, cons. List everything you can think of. It's going to take some work to think about it. You're going to have to push through and think through all the pros and cons. How do I deal with this? And then search the scriptures. Look for some that apply to the decision you're making. If you don't know scriptures uh, that apply, ask, ask a mature believer who's been in the word for a while. And then seek wise counsel. More than likely... Your decision is not 100% unique. People have faced the, that kind of decision before. And people who know God and walked with Him for a while uh, have faced these dis- decisions and they, they know the Scripture. They can help you. That, that's a good question to ask someone. That's why the life groups are so helpful to plug in and connect with people who are really uh, aiming to follow God and live the Word out in their life. The last thing to get a clear picture of reality, it's important to keep doing right now what you know is God's will. Because sometimes decisions can paralyze us. Well, I'm going to put everything on hold and I'm just going to, you know, make this decision. Then I'll get back to living the way I should or doing God's will, what I know of right now. In all your ways, acknowledge him, Proverbs 3 says. When we find ourselves in an intersection, too many choices sometimes, lack of direction can paralyze us. But life doesn't shut down. So we need to keep handling the things that are before us, doing what we know is God's will. As we take steps to follow Him in the present, the future will unfold as, as we do what He wants us to do. Our goal in the present and in the future with our decisions, with our choices, should be to acknowledge Him. To recognize that God is the number one factor in my happiness and then to set my heart to please Him. As we uh, work toward getting a clear picture of reality, we gain valuable perspective that provides us with the opportunity to use good judgment as God leads us through these decisions. This is key to moving past our deceitful heart. And as we do this, God promises to make our paths straight. He will make straight your paths. What a promise. God's our guide. He wants to guide you and I. He wants to help us. He wants to get us on the road to make the right kind of progress toward the right kind of goals that really bring honor to Him and enjoyment to us. This is His, this is his heart's desire for us. You and I, though, we need to have a heart-to-heart talk with ourselves when we're making decisions. You may be facing a decision right now, a very difficult decision. Maybe it snuck up on you, or maybe you knew it was coming. But you're in the throes of the decision. Here's an exercise for you. Here's a suggestion. Take the time this week to go in front of a mirror. And you you may not want to actually do this. You could just think it through yourself. But this might be good. Go in front of a mirror and complete this sentence. The real reason I want to fill in the blank of the decision is. The real reason I want to buy this car, buy this computer, (laughs) buy this whatever it is, this house. The real reason is, the real reason I want to get into this relationship, 
is what? Ask yourself that question. The real reason I want this divorce, the real reason I don't want to have anything to do with it anymore is... The real reason I want to move and take this job or the real reason I want to get out of this job is, what is it? Ask God to protect you from your deceitful heart and help you see the truth that you need to see. We all have the same heart defect. If you trust him, God promises to bless you and let you enjoy the fruit of good ways. And decisions. Listen to Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. These are the verses right before the ones we read. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. This is the promise of God. As we set out to follow him, I'd like to wrap up the message by giving you the opportunity to take some next steps. And as the band comes up, I'll wrap this up and they get ready to to lead us forward from here. Um, If you take out your connection card that you found in your program, that'd be great. Um, I have some suggestions for next steps on there that you may be ready to take. Um, The first one is to memorize Proverbs 3, 5. I don't know. You may know that passage. Um, but trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. It's a great verse to memorize, to help you remember, to walk by faith, to respond to God in faith. Second, get a clear picture of reality related to a decision I'm facing. Maybe you want to go in front of the mirror and ask yourself, real reason I want to do this is. But you certainly want to pray, decide to do God's will ahead of time. Bring the facts into focus and keep doing God's will right now and let him unfold it. Maybe you've never decided to follow Christ as uh, your Lord and boss. And for the first time, you want to accept him today. You could do that. We'd love to help you with that decision. So if you'd let us know you made it, uh, we'll send some some very helpful stuff to you. Another step would be to sign up for a life group. If you haven't had an opportunity to do that. You could sign up for a life group on the connection card under the next steps by just saying, I want to be in group number uh, whatever it is and then whatever night it's on. That'd be great. We'd love to have you join one of those groups. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you. We thank you for the truth that we find in your word that really does open up our hearts to see what is really going on. And I pray, God, that you would help us to live in the truth. And to bring honor and glory to you by the choices we make. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.